Welcome back to the Our Fabric podcast, the show that gives you the insider scoop on real estate from the industry's experts. I'm Stuart Bunn, and in this episode, Lee Woodward interviews Nathan Pacini, a property manager with more than 15 years' experience who leads and coaches property management teams up and down the coast of New South Wales. He's based at the Love Agency, where he leads a team of 12 people who manage 1,500 properties. Now, as you'd expect, they have a diverse range of investors and his team needs a strong understanding of their landlord's expectations, so they use some really innovative ways to do this. Today, you're going to hear about the agency's quirky landlord colour coding system, using video text messaging, a reverse engineering email strategy, what makes a landlord lose it and go to another management company, and finally, managing rent increases when costs are going through the roof. Just a quick reminder, remember to hit the subscribe button so you can stay tuned to each episode. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Welcome to the show, Nathan and Lee. Thank you, Stuart. And he joins me in the studio now, Mr. Nathan Pansini. Nathan, thanks for being here. G'day, Lee. Thanks for having me, mate. Well, Nathan, just to uh, get our little podcast started today, your background in real estate is quite diverse. How long have you been in the real estate space as a property manager? I've been in the real estate space for 15 years now. Started as a property manager on the tools and been leading and coaching teams uh, up and down the east coast of New South Wales. In doing that, you get to not only experience it hands-on, uh, but that delivers us to where you are today. What is your brand new position at Love Realty? I look after the team uh, at Love Realty. So coaching, guiding, directing people, I guess, um, solving those problems, those tricky situations and running a team here. Uh, we look after just under 1,500 properties and, and I have a team uh, of 12 uh, people, Lee. Now, prior to there, you were also part of the Elders Lifestyle Group up there in Port Macquarie, which is a, another huge rent roll spanning, I think it's like 4,000 properties across 15 offices. Is there a difference between landlords in the two areas? Because they would be four hours apart. Did you notice a difference? There is. I'll start with a similarity if I can. So the similarity is Newcastle and the surrounds here in the Lake Macquarie area, it's a very working class suburb. And by that, I mean it's mum and dad investors who are sleeves rolled up, who've worked hard to get this investment property um, that they've got. Some, they might have one or two, but very, very rarely do we find those big um, investors here that have multiple properties. There are a few, of course, um, and I guess that's a similarity with Port Macquarie. I guess the difference here, though, we find is that there are quite some investors from Sydney as well. Being so close to Sydney, we've got those those investors from Sydney who have bought a property here where in Sydney, you know, you, as you know, Lee, you're experiencing quite the growth down there. So they're not quite getting that, that capital gain out of the properties in the Sydney area. So here in the Lake Macquarie, they're definitely perched in there. So we probably have more Sydney investors here than we would have had in Port Macquarie. Yeah, that's so interesting, and I, and I still love the reference to the, the mum and dad who've worked hard all their life and they believe in property, they don't understand shares. I think that is what it is across the board in the country, mm. whereas we hear so many things that people think an investor is someone with 10 properties or a multi-millionaire. Across the country, that's just not the way it is. Absolutely, and I think when we're thinking about how we talk to these investors, we need to think about where they've come from. We need to have an understanding about what their direction is and what their goals are. And also, I guess, 
um, what their background is. Did they, you know, have they inherited the property? Has the property been purchased in their super? We need to have an understanding of that property situation so that we can better communicate and manage the expectations of those landlords. And that's our big topic today, managing landlords' expectations. Now that we've set the scene on the type of person you're working with, and we might just delve into that on the rents, what's a cheap rent and a high rent in your area? Yeah, so a cheap rent's probably at the moment... Oh, look around that 350 mark, 380 mark gets you gets you something quite basic, and we just rented one the other day for 1450. So that's probably where it sits. We do have some, of course, up around that 1800 mark. But if we were talking on a scale somewhere but that lower end, that mid to late threes, to that sort of uh, you know one one and a half mark. Well, let's get deep into our topic. When we look at managing the expectations of our landlords. You just mentioned they're perfectly. You've got to know who they are, what's their purpose, what are they doing, because there's all different types of investors. And when we were chatting off air, you mentioned the colour coding that you're running mm. across these people. Explain that to us. Well, I think about it, when I visualise someone in, in, in my mind, I visualise them with a colour code, and essentially you've got red, orange and green. And your red investor, I guess, is someone who is like, no, absolutely not. I don't want you to do anything on my property unless I know about it. So I guess they're your, uh, I'm quite often known as a helicopter apparently. And I think um, in this case, that would be a helicopter um, landlord. Um, if you move through that then and get into the orange code, that'd be someone who's a bit more casual about what's going on, needs to know a little bit, likes a bit of, a little bit of vanilla uh, communication, if you like. Um, doesn't want to know too much. Um, and then, of course, Green. Green's a person who's much like myself. My property in Port Macquarie is managed up there, and I tell that particular property manager, do what you need to do. Don't call me. I trust you. And, and as we move through those different colours, it's not about any of those investors being any different to each other or any better or worse. It's just simply understanding that that's how you need to treat that particular uh, investor. Um, and one of the biggest problems we find, Lee, that, that I'm dealing with um, as a leader and a, and a coach in, in, in what I'm doing is I'm finding our biggest struggle at the moment is communication. Um, and if we get that that sort of uh, qualification right and understanding the investor, I think that um, most of those struggles are alleviated. Give us some examples of what you would call effective communication. Direct communication is important, making sure that you tell it like it is. That, to me, is really, really important. Being straight with the investor, but when you're being straight, it's not about having a, um, how should I say, you don't always have to have a strong conversation. It doesn't need to have a high-energy, strong conversation. It needs to have behind it facts. So it needs to be factual information, and you need to go into that discussion with all of those points ready to go so that there's no question there that you can't answer for the landlord. And what about methods of communication? Like there's multiple channels we can use, and I know you've had some great success here. What, what channels of communication are you using? Um, I'll answer it starting this way. What's important is knowing the right channel for that particular landlord. But for us, what we're working on at the moment is if the landlord is an email communicator, it's also backing that up, though, with a text to say, 
um, hey, Lee, just letting you know, I've sent you an email because quite often, even if someone says there's something, they're quite often not that. Um, and in our business, quite often, it's about the psychology. Um, you and I have spoken about this in the past, Lee. It's not about property. It's about people. And, and of course, with the psychology of what we're doing, it's important to understand that while I might say one thing to you, um, I may not necessarily check my email the whole time. So essentially, we're using that. We're using a system. Hey, Lee, just letting you know I've sent you an email. If you could check it. Um, and let me know. Boom, you've covered that that angle. Because quite often we get stuck where we've where we've um, you know we've emailed someone we think we've done the right thing, tick done. But of course they might not check their emails for three or four days. So really important to do that. The other thing we're doing as well is a video message. Hey Lee, just letting you know I've been through your property. Great in, great routine inspection. I'll send you the report. Look out for it on your email. So it's about I guess doubling down and making sure that you're using every form of communication that you've got. Yeah, I love this one, and I'm a receiver of these from my property manager where they hit text, they swipe video, and it's just this short, sharp little snack of information, and the girl that looks after my property is rather funny. She'll go, hi, Lee, I've just been through your, your apartment. Everything's in order. Jake's looking after it. I know I know you never go to my portals, so I just thought I'd let you know. And <laughs> she is a funny little bugger, but I love that she understands a text video message to me is the way to grab my attention. And, and I like what you said about email, and just to bring to our listeners' attention, there's a great technique called a reverse-engineered email. And that's mm. where you've got an important email that you need to send to your landlord. But instead of just sending it, if, I was to, if you were my landlord, Nathan, and I was to ring up and say, Hi, Nathan, it's Lee... I'm about to send you an email, but I thought I'd call you first. Uh, The reason being, in the email, it's mentioning the surrounding rents of where they are right now, and we've just done an x-ray of the area. There's my recommendations of what I think we should do. But also, I've had a chat with the tenant, and there's a couple of repairs in there that if they're not attended to, they are going to move on. And for me, I think we've got a very good tenant here, that we need to hang on to. They've been there a long period of time. But when you look at the repairs, you've got to make a decision, are we investing in this tenant or do we try and find somebody else who's not going to be as sensitive to those small repairs? But I just thought I'd ring you and let you know, uh, but I'll shoot the email through to you now for your consideration. And the impact that it has to do that is completely different to them reading an email saying, I'm not doing that, I'm not repairing this. And it's just a good way of communicating. For sure. And straight away, you've done exactly what we were just talking about before there. You've you've started to make the landlord start to think, oh, wow, geez, maybe I I need to do this repair because straight away, um, a landlord who counts the numbers, who understands the costs involved of finding a tenant, straight away starts to think, oh, my God, am I going to be lumped with all these extra costs, uh, you know, looking for a new tenant, et cetera, and have to go through that hassle again? So so you're 100% correct, and that that comes down to that point is, is clear communication. Now, Nathan, in your 20 years of uh, learning and ob- observing human behaviour, which is what property management is all about, be it tenant or landlord, regardless of where you've worked, what is it where the landlord loses it and goes on to another company? If we look at the this is where we lose them list, what 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 are the communications gone wrong that happen in property management that you could bring to our listeners' attention? Yeah, for sure. One of the big things I say to the team is if we've done something great, tell them. 
Because one thing we're very good at in property management, we're good at doing good things, but we're really bad at telling them we've done good things. So a sales agent is very, very good at telling everyone how good they are. But in property management, we're not good at that. We're humble, we get in, we do the job, and we get on with it. So some of the things that I've had discussions with lately with landlords who have said, well, I didn't know that happened. Um, you know, whereas if we'd have communicated the, the really good stuff we've done, that would have absolutely changed their mind and their and their thought about that. So, so yeah, it, it, it's funny how one tiny little chink in the chain can undo all of that really good stuff you've done. So I guess if you build up um, a respect and a trust with a landlord, because I remember a scenario when I was on the tools as a PM where I had done all this great work for um, a particular landlord, but my assistant had just simply slipped and forgotten to send a rent increase. Now, as you know, <laughs> that's a cardinal sin in our business, Lee, um, yeah. but she'd forgotten to send the rent increase. So therefore, all of that work could have come undone. But because I'd built such a trust and a rapport all the way along, that landlord gave us a little slap on the wrist and said, look, no problem, let's move on. But it's building that trust and that rapport all the way through. This is such an important point. And I think with the landlords, they want to know you're protecting the asset and you've got you know, their best interests at heart versus just, you know, you spent this, you spent that, and you didn't even communicate, and I didn't give authority. And I know we've got to get an authority on everything. But what I'm talking about is the signals. And I'll give you an example. I had a property that was holiday let just for a short period of time. And the lady looking after it was just fantastic. But the reason she was fantastic, one day she rings me and she says, oh, Lee, I've got to replace the dining room table. And I've been out there and I found one for about 2500 You know, it'll need to be at that quality and level for that particular property. And are you okay if I go ahead? And I said, yeah, whatever you need to do. Two days later, she rings me up and she goes, good news. I had another beautiful dining room table that was being moved out of another apartment and I picked it up for 500 bucks for you. And to me, it just demonstrated after that, you can do whatever you want because you've yeah. shown me you care about me as a person because you had approval to just go and get the other one, but you did the right thing and saved me $2,000. You know, there's your next couple of rents that you may not have got. So I think the signals we send in communication and our intention is is really important. Nathan, I was at a property management conference only a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about the AI that they're bringing into property management, which everyone's talking about. But one of the AI points I really liked, everyone's using artificial intelligence for writing ads for property management. Chat yeah. GPT is fantastic for that. But this yeah. company was running the AI over the emails of the outgoing emails from the property management, management and it was, it was actually assessing the, the sentiment of the email and saying, mm. that rate's really low, rewrite that. And mm. it was rating that the type of correspondence going out. And then the other thing that just blew me away was, you know, so many people using the net promoter score now to determine the relationship but when they were in the software, it would come up and say, this person's a promoter or they're at risk. We've had bad reviews from this particular landlord. It's an at-risk landlord, so make sure your conversations are yeah. be more sensitive than ever because we're at risk. And there was actually a rating system of if it was at risk or not, which was really good. And the other thing it showed is, you know, Nathan Pansini pops up on the screen. This guy's got five properties with us. 
So yeah. knowing they're a multiple landlord is a different situation because it, you just can't help but change the shape of your conversation when you understand someone's at risk or they've got multiple properties. And that's an important note because um, going back to the to the traffic light system we talked about before, this is an understanding, another level of understanding of what direction this particular investor is taking. So if it's a mum and dad investor, you're 100% right, it's going to be a totally different, or can be in a lot of cases, a different conversation with an investor who owns several properties or more because it's, it's, it, they're more talking about, you know, growing their portfolio, whereas a mum and dad investor are like, oh my God, I've worked so hard to get this. So 100%, it's that understanding. And just, just to double back on your AI point, you know, you remember in the old days, Lee, where we used to say, write an email and then delete a sentence. You know, do you remember those days? And, and yeah. I think that AI is just a modern version of showing your colleague your email and getting them to delete one sentence out, you know? Yeah, couldn't agree more. You know, emails do have a missing tone in them, which is a challenge. Yeah, for sure. And I think teaching that through to our younger property managers, and this is an interesting thing, I don't know what it is, Nathan, and you're part of this as well, but I've never seen so many great young property managers coming through the ranks in the last 12 months. Like That 20 to 23-year-old is quite passionate about a career in property management and doing very well. Mate, they are, and, and it's surprising. I mean, as, as you know, you and I discussed this um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, about um, recruitment in um, in the property management space. And um, and as you know, I mean, I'm currently going through this um, at the moment as well. We've, we've put on one uh, new property manager and we're looking for another one now. And, and it, it, it's exactly that. It's surprising now because they're realising that this can actually be a career for them. And the career progression, particularly um, in, in businesses that I work in, I make sure that we're coaching and guiding these people to be the future leaders. So if I identify that there is someone, um, you know, in our business who could be a future leader, then I make sure that we grow that strength that sits inside them um, naturally. Uh, because at the end of the day, for me, it's important to make sure that we have future leaders so that we can, you know, scale and be part of that growth. Nathan, what's your advice for the property manager who receives the raw end of a landlord who's just come in so hard, upset and really just disrespected the property manager? What are you doing to help the property managers handle that? One of my big things, Lee, is letting the property manager know first and foremost. So we, we talk about this regularly um, at Love and in the business about people who are cranky on the phone are generally cranky for some other reason. So I know that probably sounds like cold comfort, but what that does is it has, it gives the property manager an idea in the back of their mind that it's not them, it's not their fault. So you can straight away have a different conversation. Um, psychologically, you're sitting there in your chair different listening to this person on the phone because you know in the back of your mind that what we've done is not the height of their problem. There's some other problem going on in their life. So so that's the first thing I do. The second thing I do is um, is that none of my team are here to get abused. So that's my job, to have that conversation with someone. So they're told to either, A, put the call on hold if they feel it's necessary, or politely say, uh, look, Lee, I'm ending this conversation now. I'll have my manager call you and end the call because it's not their job to take any of those rougher conversations. Of course, you know, property managers, we're here to, to have a 
uh, shall we say, a, a strong conversationally. That's our job. But certainly they're not here to get abused. That, that's for me to do. And I would encourage any leader in any business to make sure that that their staff are, are, are aware that they can forward the call on. Because, you know, you and I have had this conversation over the years about it's not worth losing someone, you know, a, a good team member over one person that wants to sort of rough someone up. But also we need to make sure that the landlord problem is solved. So that's the number one priority in this situation as well. And by kicking it over to someone more senior than yourself, then we can generally calm the conversation down and uh, and hopefully get a resolution. Excellent information. And Nathan, final question for you, because it comes under this category, managing rent increases or not being able to increase rents like the owner has an expectation because the costs are going through the roof, but the tenant's cost of living's gone through the roof as well. What are you doing there when a landlord's saying, I want way more than my current rent because my, my, my costs have gone up, uh, my, my mortgage has gone up? How are you handling that? There's two things here that happen. So essentially, I guess with us, we're lucky enough to have some, some property managers here who have been in the business for a long time. So they're quite familiar with, with most tenants in our um, in our rent roll. So two things we're doing. The first thing we're doing there, if we get it, for example, last week we did one for $160. Now, that's a lot. But what we simply did, we, we, we jumped on the phone before we sent that increase out. Because if you're sending that rent increase out cold, it can be quite, you know, quite confronting when you get that in your email saying your rent's going up. This rent was quite cheap. The tenant did acknowledge over the time that the rent was cheap. So they knew that it had to go up. Increasing it that much was quite a lot to increase in one in one go. However, um, we, we actually sat and had the conversation with the tenant in the office. The tenant came in, had the conversation, and when they walked out, they understood, we demonstrated to them, but then they understood that the property was worth that in the current market. So for us, I guess it's about having a conversation with the tenant um, and letting them know that's the case. Going backwards, though, with the landlord is managing that landlord's expectation around a rent increase is saying to them, look, Okay, your property's worth another $80 more, but this has been a great tenant. And would you, do you really want to go back to market, spending a lead fee, spending your advertising, doing the lease preparation fee, all those types of things for the sake of, you know, uh, maybe $40 a week, for example. So we might meet them halfway, but it's about being able, Lee, to demonstrate those costs to a savvy investor because I, I promise you if you if you're able to demonstrate that cost in terms of releasing going back to market maybe not achieving that amount at market um, as opposed to having a, a good tenant in place then you can most certainly um, convince a landlord that yes by putting the rent up we can definitely do that for you but at the same time we don't want to cost you money because um, to your point before our job is to make sure that we look after and grow our uh, our investors uh, investment. Nathan Pansini, fantastic interview on managing landlord expectations and for your career in property management, definitely good knowledge. But one thing a lot of people wouldn't know about you is, Nathan, you're an auctioneer as well. <laughs> I am, Lee, yeah. So uh, I've been doing that now for about seven or eight years and um, yeah, had the had the uh, the great privilege of working in Sydney under the, the legend Damien Cooley. So, um, yeah, absolutely love Saturdays, mate. Saturdays is auction day and um, I bust to get out there and call on Saturdays. Well, Nathan, I want to thank you for joining us on the program and we look forward to speaking to you in the future. Thanks, Lee. Talk soon, mate.